Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Gospel record of Luke. The Gospel record of Luke in chapter number 8. We're continuing with our series of the life and ministry, <coughs> or sorry, dealing with the ideas of the miracles of Christ. And we know that in the Word of God there are 35 specific miracles of Christ that are mentioned within the New Testament. And we are trying to highlight each one of these that God has listed. Now remember, there are tons more, but God has chosen just to list these 35. And that each one of them are to teach us something. God has left them there for us, for our learning. And as we take our time in walking through these, let's just examine what God would have us for in the miracle that we're going to mention today in the Gospel record of Luke in chapter number 8. The Gospel record of Luke in chapter number 8, and if you don't mind, notice with me starting at verse number 26. The Gospel record of Luke, chapter number 8 and verse 26, the Word of God says this, And they arrived at the country of Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. And when he, that's Jesus, went forth to land, there met him out of the city a certain man, which had devils long time, and wear no clothes, neither abode in any house but in the tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. For he commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for oft times it had caught him, and he was kept bound in chains and in fetters, and he brake the bands, and was driven of the devil into the wilderness." And Jesus asked him, saying, What is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. And they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. And there were, was there a herd of many swine feeding in the mountain. And they besought him that he should suffer them to enter into them. And he suffered them. And when the devils... <laughs> Uh, then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. And when they that fed saw what was done, they fled and went and told it in the city and in the country. And they that went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus." clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. They also saw it told them by what means he was possessed of the devils was healed. And the whole country of uh, multitude of the country of the Gadarenes reported that besought him to depart from them. And they were taken with great fear. And he went up into the ship and was returned back again. Now the man out of whom the devils were departed, besought him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to thine own house, and show how great things God hath done unto thee. And he went his way and published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done unto him. 
And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in the gospel record of Luke in chapter number 8? The gospel record of Luke in chapter number 8, and notice with me in verse 35, notice the phrase, sitting at the feet of Jesus. Sitting at the feet of Jesus. And with the Lord's help, we want to go over this great miracle of Christ and seeing where he ended up, sitting at the feet of Jesus. Now, this uh, miracle is so important and so emphasized that it is mentioned in three other gospel records, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And there's a great emphasis on this story, on this emphasis, this historical event that occurred. You know, sometimes we have someone in mind that we call a hard case. Meaning that when you think about them, you think of someone that's never going to change. Someone who's never going to get right. Someone that there's no hope for. Someone that you almost want to give up on and say they're never going to change. This is that type of man. This is a man that they've done everything they possibly could to take care of this man. To do something with this man. And yet... Christ was able to do something with this. Christ was able to work with this man. Imagine that. That Christ can take the most hardened hearts. He could take the most rebel hearts. He could take those that have no desire to serve him. And yet have an encounter with Jesus. And we could see where they end up sitting at the feet of Jesus. Just listening to him. Isn't that a great picture? Here's someone that was wild and fierce and untamable. And now he's sitting at the feet of Jesus. That's the miracle power of what Jesus can do. Is that Jesus can change lives. Jesus can truly transform someone's life. And make them pass from death to life. So if you don't mind, let's take some time and let's examine this man. And see this great miracle. The first thing I want to do is show you the condition. The condition. What is the condition of this man? Notice with me, if you don't mind, as we start back in verse number 27. And when he, that's Jesus, went forth to land, there met him out of the city a certain man who had devils, notice this, devils plural, long time, and wore no clothes, neither abode in any house but in the tombs. Notice in verse 29 as it describes him some more. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For oft times it had caught him. And he, this is that man, was kept bound with chains and fetters. And he broke the bands and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. Here was a man here who was truly at the place where no one seemed to help him. This is a man that when he came to meet Jesus, if you could imagine this scene, Jesus and his disciples are arriving to shore and coming running down from the mountain where the graves were and the caves were. This man coming, you could imagine chains hanging off his arms. He's wearing no clothes and he's running maniacally down to Jesus. Ah! And he's coming running down to Jesus. If you were with Jesus in the boat, what would you be thinking of seeing this crazy guy with chains who got uh, scars all over as he, the Bible says that he had cut himself often. This is a man that's marked up, crazy, foaming at the mouth. This is a man who is not in a good condition. 
This is a man who is truly at a place where things are wrong in his life. Jesus asked the uh, man, what is thy name? And he answered, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. At this time, um, a Roman legion consisted of no less than 3,000 troops and no more than 6,000 troops. So can you imagine a man that had 6,000 or less demons inside of him? You say, how does that work? I don't know. But I know that's enough to drive anyone crazy. Anyone mad. This is a man who he can no longer be at his house. They've chased him off. They don't know what to do with him. There are times that they chain him up. Could you imagine him being chained up to a rock? Because he's, he's a danger to himself and a danger to others. And so they chain him up. And just when they think they got him settled, he breaks the chains and runs off to the woods. This is a man who, who has just gone crazy because of the demons that are inside of him. This is not a good condition at all. This is a man who had no clothes. He had no house. No friends. All because he had these demons. This is a man who has a very bad condition. Now we know that there is a spirit world that we cannot see. Someone says, do you believe in demons? I do. I believe that there's a spirit demon. Our spirit world where demons reside. But also may I also warn you that sometimes when people start investigating the spiritual world, they end up becoming obsessed with demons. Let me tell you, you don't have to. The Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that is of the world. That if I have Jesus, it's bigger than anything that's ever out there. And so it's something that we're not have to be afraid of. We just have to stick with Jesus. But here is a man that is tormented, a man that everyone has tried to fix and it hasn't worked. And he is crazy, frothing at the mouth. He has cut himself. This is a man who is in a bad condition. Oh, but praise the Lord, we see a second thing here. The change in the man. The change in the man. So we saw when Christ come, he had a conversation. Not only with the man, but with the demons that was in him. Notice as we pick it up in verse number 28. And when he... This is that man, saw Jesus. He cried out and fell down before him with a loud voice. And what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God the Most High? You notice these demons recognized who Jesus was. They knew who they were dealing with. Regular man at that time, a lot of them refused to accept who Jesus was. But the demons knew. You understand that these demons had existed since the beginning of time. These are demons who had been around for a long time. And they know who Jesus is. They know exactly who this is. And notice as they have this conversation with Jesus. In verse number 30. And he said unto him. Or, and Jesus asked him saying. What is thy name? And he said legion. Because, we, because many devils had entered into him. And they besought him, so these devils begged Jesus that he would not command them to go out into the deep. What are they talking about here? Well, they're saying, Jesus, don't send us to hell yet. Don't send us to hell. They knew that that was their final destination. Do you know that's why God created hell was to punish Satan and his demons? Satan's not in hell yet. 
But there are some demons that are in hell. And once they're in there, they can never come out. It's not like they're ruling it. It is a place where they're going to be tormented. And so these demons are saying, no, no, don't send us to hell yet. No, no, we're not ready. Don't send us to hell. You imagine what a conversation that would be like. Demons begging not to go to hell. Please don't send us to the deep. And verse 32, and there was a herd of many swine feeding on the mountain, and they besought him that he should suffer them to enter to them, and he suffered them. So these demons look over and said, hey, there's these swine. We'll get out of the man because we have to obey your command. Send us into the swine. Let us go into those pigs so that way we could still live. Don't send us to hell. Notice what happens. And he suffered them. Verse 33, and went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. And so here's the story. These, this maniac has these demons cast out. Jesus cast them out. They go into these pigs after they beg Jesus, please don't let us go into the deep. Don't let us go to hell. They go into the swine. The swine jump off a cliff and go into the water and they die. And my mind thinks, guess where they demons went? They went to hell after all. They just took a different way of going into the swine. Oh, I won't send you to hell right now. Go into these demons. Or demons go into these swine. Then the swine run off the cliff and they die. All right, now you go to hell. But what happened now is that this man is now cleansed. He now has a difference in life. There's now something that changed within him. This man is now sitting at the feet of Jesus. Notice with me in verse uh, 35. And they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Why were they afraid? They were afraid because they had done everything they could to change this man. They did everything they could to convince this man to behave. But you know what it took? It took time with Jesus. A conversation with Jesus. You know, sometimes we can look at our own life and we wonder, how come I can't change? Have you ever been to the place where you want to be different? You want to be good, but you, it seems like no matter what you do, you're not good. You know what it takes for you to be close to Jesus. That's the answer. To be close to him. He's the one that changes your life. To go to him. He's the one that you need. You know, sometimes it feels, I'm not saying you're demon possessed, but sometimes it feels like you can't control your actions. When someone says, why did you do that? And you say, I don't know. Sometimes that's an honest answer. You don't know why you did it. But you know what? Jesus can change you. Jesus is the one that can give you the change of life. He's the one. Maybe you have a friend at school that they, they seem to be self-destructive. It seems like they get in trouble over and over and over. You know what the answer is? They need to meet Jesus. They need to be close to Jesus. That's what's going to change their life. That's the answer. You have someone that's suffering through depression and everything you try to do to cheer them up doesn't work. I mean, you could come and tickle them and it doesn't make them any happier. You could go and give them a present 
and it doesn't matter. And it just seems like they have that rain cloud that follows them no matter where they go. That when they take a step, the rain cloud moves with them. And it just seems like just spending time with them makes you grumpy. You know what they, do, what they need? They need to meet with Jesus. They need to have a conversation with Jesus. It's Jesus that is the difference maker. He's the one that could change someone's life. We could do all that we want. We could do all that we could try to do. But we can't twist someone's arm and say, listen here, you're going to be happy or else. That doesn't work. They need to meet with Jesus. That is the change. That is what they need in their lives. They need to meet with Jesus. So we start off with the condition of the man. That it's not a good condition. But something changed, the change that happened in him because he met with Jesus. Now that he's met with Jesus and his life is different, I want to show you one last thing in this passage. The commission Christ gave him. The commission that Christ gave him. Notice if you don't mind as we pick it back up in verse number uh, 37. Then the whole multitude of the city of Gadarenes round about besought him to depart from them. Now notice this. This is different. These people went to Jesus. They were so afraid that they begged him, please go, leave. We don't want you here no more. Hey, he just changed this guy's life. But they're afraid. And they kicked Jesus out. No, leave, please get out of here. For they were taken with great fear. And he went back on the ship and returned back again. Now the man out of whom the devils were departed besought him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away. So this guy, as Jesus is being put on the boat and said, all right, fine, I'll leave. The man says, wait, 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 wait. Jesus, I want to go with you. Please, I want to stay with you. Notice what Jesus sent him to do in verse 39. Return to thine own house and show how great things God hath done unto thee. You know what he told him to do? Go back home. You know, the very first work of God that you do is your home work. I know that's a bad word for students, but you understand? The very first place where you live as a Christian is at home. In fact, you are not living a Christian life unless you are living a Christian life in your home. What are you like at home? That's the change. And that's what God wants you to start with. That's the proof that you are following after Christ is what you're like at home. Things were not right at home until he got right with God. When he got right with God, things are able to be right at home. And said, here's the proof. You want to prove to others that God has changed your life? Be different at home. Be different at home. Now, as we got a lot of teenagers here, may I be practical for you? That means you come to the place where you're not grumpy with your parents because they told you to do dishes. You don't go, fine, I'll do it because I have to. Or fight and argue with them and say, I'll do it later. That's not the type of response. It's the idea of, yes, I am different. I'll be glad to be a help. I'll be glad to do something. Do you look for ways to try to be different at home? Are you 
behaving like a Christian at home on your Bible reading. Meaning, do you read your Bible because you want to? Or you're like, eh, it's no big deal. Remember, if you're not a Christian at home, you're not really a, living the life of a Christian. You can be saved and not live the Christian life. How's your prayer life? Remember, you're not truly living like a Christian unless you're living like a Christian at home. Are you praying at home? Are you getting alone with God? Are you living the Christian life at home? Are you living the Christian life at home by what you watch or what you listen to? Is the things approvable? Is that type of things that Christians would watch? Remember, it is what you are at home that shows what you truly are. At home, it's where we like to relax. It's like we're let down our hair. It's where we like to cool things off. But that is the proof of who you truly are. The type of life that you're truly living. That's why Jesus told this man, go home. If you want to prove that your life has changed, you prove it at home. Around those people who know you best. When the people around you see, wow, there's something different about them. This isn't the same son, the same daughter that I've had all my life. There's something different about them. That evidence of a changed life is evidence that Jesus had changed them. That is the proof that the Bible works. And it starts at home. The most important work you could do as a Christian is your home work. Being, living the Christian life at home. So how are you doing on your home life? Meaning that we start off with the idea, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Has there come a time in your life where you've realized that you're a sinner and because of your sin that you have offended a righteous holy God and you deserve hell? But you came to the place where you realized Jesus was your only hope and you personally asked Jesus to be your Savior. Once you're saved, are you living like a Christian at home? You are not living the Christian life if you are not living it at home. Who you are in public is who, who you are, is truly who you are in private. Meaning that they should match up. You shouldn't be something when people are around and then something different when you're at home. Something different when you're in your room. Are you living the Christian life at home? Are you living the Christian life at home when no one else is looking or do you pretend that you're living like a Christian and as soon as no one's looking, you live like a demon-possessed monster? How is your life? You say, how do I change that? I've tried. Again, I go back to the idea that you need to have an encounter with Jesus Christ. You need to be with Him. And as you are with Him, you'll be clothed, sitting down, and in your right mind. Sitting at the feet of Jesus. Do you have that changed life? Who you are is who you are at home. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness 
of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 Five three zero six three oh eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three oh eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.